Greatness Redefined, from the sermon series, Upside Down, spoken by Pastor Shirley, you. Good morning, Metro. Good to see everybody this morning. Hope everybody's doing well, enjoying the gorgeous fall weather. So gorgeous, right? Hope everybody has plans to go apple picking or one of those things, go outside and just enjoy, right? So hope you all are enjoying that. So um, are we okay here? I'm hearing a little, okay. All right. Well, let's also just give a quick shout out to our media team for the people who don't usually get noticed there. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. So today we are launching our new sermon series of the Upside Down Kingdom. It's the fourth discourse of Jesus in the book of Matthew, emphasizing Jesus' view of the kingdom and how very different his view is from the values of the world. So speaking of Jesus' view being different, today we honor, as Pastor Doug mentioned, our differentially abled brothers and sisters by celebrating Special Needs Awareness Sunday. So can we just take this time to really honor our sisters and brothers who are differentially abled? And honestly, that's all of us, isn't it? That's all of us. We're all abled in different ways, some of us more so than others, right? But a lot of times, unfortunately, those who are even more different get dismissed, are not noticed, get discounted, all that, right? So we honor you as a church. You are actually more important than the rest of us. And you are the ones that really, we really need to stand up and honor. So can we all actually stand up if you're able? If you're all able to stay, let's stand up. And we want to give them a big round of applause. We honor you. God honors you. All right. Thank you, church. You may take a seat. Thank you. Because I will say, you know, hearing the testimonies of our families, life is hard. Life is hard. Life is harder, but it's not worse. It's not worse. We want to recognize that. What Jesus teaches us is of what greatness looks like in his eyes. You know, all of us want to be great, right? We all want to be great, whether it be to our spouse, to significant others, to our kids. We want to be their heroes, right? To our parents, we want to be good children, right? We want to be great. We want to be great to our bosses who help us get the money that we need to earn. And we want to be great in front of our friends. And we even want to be great in front of strangers, But what would it look like to be seen as great by our own Jesus? Is he the first one that we think of when we think about how we want to be great or how we want to look great? That's our challenge today. When Jesus, we're going to talk about that, and then Jesus also gives us a radical and drastic warning against mistreating those that Jesus sees as great. So as we prepare our hearts to hear God's word for us this morning, let's pray. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity where we get to come together as a community, whether it be in person or virtually, we can say how great you are, God. And that we can say it together. Yeah, life is hard. There's a lot of messed up things going on around us, within us, in our world, in our communities, in our own homes. But God, may we lift up our eyes to you. May we not focus on the things of this world here, Why would we really? (laughs) But God, may we lift up our eyes to you and see how great you are. 
And as we see how great you are, we can see how great we are in your name. You did not die for us, God, for us to live defeated lives. You died for us to live a victorious life no matter what happens. So God, we thank you for showing us what greatness is. And God, may we continue to open up our eyes and see your greatness, especially in your people, no matter how differentially abled we are. We thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that stirs within all of our hearts, no matter where we are. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, uh, if you have your Bibles with us, with you, um, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 9. That's Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 9. I know a lot of us have our Bible apps on our phones, and I'm a little bit old school in this way with my own Bible here, but uh, also the Bible passage will be up on the screen. So let's read God's word together, his good, sweet word. Chapter 18, verse 1 to 9 in the book of Matthew. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Woof. That's a word, huh? That's a word. Don't you just love how Jesus turns things upside down? Right? He says and does things, like we, basically with Jesus, we have to just expect the unexpected, right? Who would have thought that when the disciples came up to Jesus, it was like, all right, Jesus, come on, tell us now. We've all been with you, right? You see what we're all made of? Tell us, who's the greatest, right? And they're all thinking like, it's me, right? It's me. And who did Jesus bring up? Who did he bring up? Yeah, he brought a little child right? Nobody would have thought that, right? Like for us, we would think, huh, I would think that the greatest person is a powerful political figure like our president, right? Or maybe a famous singer like Taylor Swift or Drake. Or maybe a popular TikTok influencer like Charlie D'Amelio. I think I pronounced that right. My daughter was telling me who that was. And she's got 122 million followers, right? That's a lot of followers. I don't know how she keeps that up. But yeah, she's, she's seen as great in people's eyes with the way she influences people, right? But when it comes to God, mm -mm. he sees people differently. He defines greatness differently. He says greatness is found in this little child. And you know what's good news about that? Because yeah, those of us sitting here, we have little children here. And by the way, little children, I applaud you. Um, we're all adults here. But the good news is that he says that we can become like little children. We can. And it doesn't mean we're being childish. It doesn't mean that we're being immature. No, 
know. And we'll talk about what Jesus means with that, right? So as we think about a little child, right, and I like interaction here, okay, so please bear with me. But I want to ask you, when you think of a little child, what do you think of? Innocence, okay? What else? Joy. Joy. What else do you think of in a little child? Friendliness? I'm sorry? Friendliness. Friendliness. Absolutely. Love. Love. Excitement. Yes. Yes. Anything else? Playfulness. Yeah. Right? Dependence. Thank you, Mary. All right. So... Okay, when we actually look at the Bible passage, right, there's nothing actually that tells us what the child actually physically looks like. But if you notice the things that you even shared, right, it's not about the physical. It's about what they are like in the inside. Jesus looks at the child at who he or she is, right? They don't, Jesus doesn't look at the child just for their size or what they look like all put together, a little child with like a big smile, You know, Jesus looks at the child, him or herself. That's how he looks at us too. He looks at us. He doesn't look beyond us. He doesn't look at what we do. He doesn't look at what we don't do. He looks at us and he sees us. And as he sees this child, he elevates this child, right? Because back in the first century, children were considered low. They didn't have a say in anything. They weren't considered any important, like, as any important person in society. You know, they were really dismissed, okay? But Jesus redefines. Jesus turns that upside down for the children, their identity, who they are. And he elevates them. And he commands us to be like them. So when I picture a child, I picture a child of color. And I picture a child with special needs. So I picture this child doesn't walk exactly like us, maybe with a limp, you know, maybe maimed, maybe doesn't even walk at all, maybe has a wheelchair, okay? This is how I picture this child. And I also picture this child with real big squishy cheeks and maybe with almond-shaped eyes, and, but still with a huge smile from ear to ear. So the world would not see this child as great. They might see them still as adorable somewhat, right? But this child is greatly loved by Jesus. So when we think about children, okay, I'll I'll put it out there, right? Not all children are saints, right? (laughs) There are some children we kind of want to smack sometimes, right? We could confess that. But the difference is that We need kingdom focus, okay? We need to see children the way Jesus sees children. It's okay if you catch yourself and you see a child and you're like, ugh, what is that child doing here? Oh my gosh, can't can't wait to get away from that child. It's okay. It's okay to have that human reaction, right? But I do hope that we could take a step back at some point, hopefully sooner than later, and be able to say, oh wait, keep myself in check. Let me try to see this child the way Jesus sees this child. Not the way I do. Maybe because I have a broken history as a child. Maybe my parents didn't see me as great. That's a lot of us, I think, right? And so we kind of carry that into the way we see children. And maybe that's the case. And you know what? Please know it's okay. We all have our own junk and brokenness. But this is, again, where Jesus is challenging us. Let's change that. Let's change that. Let's look at the children, not for their behaviors, but let's look at the children for their heart. Because deep down, no matter how children may act out, no matter how evil they may seem with their behaviors, a lot of the times the children act out because they want attention. They are seeking attention even if it means by doing negative behaviors right? But deep down, what do children want? They want to be loved. They want to be seen. 
isn't that something that resonates with us? Don't we sometimes display negative behaviors just to get attention? Yeah, we do. Deep down though, don't we wish that someone would see me beyond my messed up ways of driving behind the wheel like a crazy person as I was driving this morning? <laughs> we want someone to see beyond that and be like, Shirley, are you okay? Is there something going on, you, going on inside of you that you want to talk about? I would love for someone to be able to see beyond my behaviors and ask me that question. Just to take me deeper and to show that much care to me. And you know, we can all do it. Yeah, it might be kind of uncomfortable in the beginning, right? But I guarantee you, once you go there, it's like, oof, wow, transformation, right? As our church's vision is all about, transformation happens. Whether it happens that very second or not, something goes deep within us and that person that is just priceless. So for me to um, share a little story about myself, um, I was not seen as great when I was born. When I was born, I was the third daughter. I have two older sisters. And when I was born, I was seen as like an intruder daughter because I wasn't a son. There was no welcome party for me, not in the delivery room, not in the waiting room. If anything, my grandfather, and it was a Korean tradition for the grandfa paternal grandfather to name the grandchildren, right? So when my first sister was born, he was like, ugh, it's a girl. Okay, fine, I'll name her. My second sister is born, really? Another girl? And he named her anyway. By the time I was born, he was so pissed off, he just walked out of the hospital and didn't even name me. So my father named me. My grandfather left that hospital with shame for himself, shame that was placed on my mom, shame that was placed on my dad, and ultimately shame that was placed on me. But you know what the good news is? Jesus turned that upside down. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, he knew me. Throughout my childhood, I was a churchgoer all my life because my parents were very active in the church. But it wasn't until when I was in youth group. I was actually like a sophomore, junior in high school. And that's when Jesus met me. And I always knew that Jesus loved everybody, right? I always knew, oh, I always heard it in the message, you know, God loves everybody. But deep down, I didn't realize it. I didn't really believe that he loved me because I never felt valued from birth. I didn't feel wanted from birth. So even though I walk, I could walk, I could play sports, I could sing, I can do these things, I never really valued myself until Jesus came into my life and he showed me how much he loved me. So much so that he sent his only precious son. Thank you, Jesus to die for me, to show me, surely you matter. No matter what your grandfather did or did not do, you matter. No matter what shame was brought upon your family, you matter. Thank you, Jesus. He saw greatness in me when even my own family members didn't. He saw greatness in me when I didn't. He sees greatness in you. No matter how differentially abled we are, He sees greatness in each and every single one of you. And I pray, I pray that you would do everything in your power to make sure that you believe that from your core because the devil is out there and his main purpose is to destroy us, is to destroy our very identity as God's children. May we believe that, my brothers and sisters, and do whatever it takes to make sure that you do. Ask questions. Talk to people in your life and ask them, hey, do you see me as great? 
sometimes I don't. I'm not sure if I do. And confess it. And let me tell you, that's brave. You know, children will come up to us, Mommy, Daddy, do you think I'm great? Did I do well with that dance? Did I do well in my baseball game? They're always seeking that, right? And with no shame. So even if for us as adults, right, let's not have that shame because what does it do for us at the end of the day? It doesn't do anything good for us. So I pray that we could, oh, Pastor Peter always talks about soulmates, right? I hope you have a soulmate that you can talk to about that and just ask them this week. Don't even wait, right? Just ask them. I know it sounds kind of silly. I'm a little bit embarrassed to ask this question, but do you think I'm great? I'm not so sure. But at some point, at the very least, at the first and at the very end, please, please, please go to God yourself and ask God, even verbally, even out loud, God, I'm not sure if I'm great. Can you tell me? Can you show me that I'm great? Because I, I really need to hear it. I really need to feel it. And I guarantee you, God will show you because he tells you. I don't even know all of you, okay? And I can say, God sees you as great. He sees every one of us as great. I do want to also talk about, for a second point, that to be great in God's eyes, like a child, what we can do is we can try to be humble and depend fully on Jesus. So I imagine the image that comes to my mind is, you know, like if you're a parent and you come home from work, but, you know, we'll see this on TV or whatever too, right? A parent comes home from work and the child comes running up to the parents like, mommy or daddy, and then like they leap into the parent's arms, right? And you're like, gosh, how does that feel, right? A parent feels so loved, right? But the child feels loved. The child feels secure, right? Because the child knows who he or she is, and they know who their parent is. They know that their parent will take care of them, and they trust their parent. They know that their parent will feed them, change their clothes. They know that they will do all that, and they know that their care is in their hands, right? So as a little child, they don't go up to their parent. They're not like, you're not the boss of me, you know? They don't go up to their parents and dismiss them and say, I don't need you. No, they know their place. They know that they need their parents. Do we, as children of God, do we know that we need God? That we need Jesus every second of the day? Because let me tell you, right? The thoughts that goes in our minds, right? Surely, really? Like you're such a hypocrite, hypocrite, you know? Why are you doing that? Oh my goodness you know, or you're such a terrible friend, or you're such a terrible mom, or you're such a terrible employee, or things go in our minds like nonstop, right? All the comparisons that we do when we look at people on, on social media, right? What does, how does that make us feel? A lot of times it makes us feel kind of bad about ourselves, right? Because people only put up all the picture-perfect things, but we all know they're not picture-perfect, right? Triggering, if anything, yeah. But I hope that we can pay attention to those triggers. Pay attention, and at the end, we got to always come back around to be fully dependent on Jesus. Oh, Jesus, that thought just, oh, that thought just went through my head. Jesus, can you help me with that, please? And he will. All it takes for us is to be like children and ask. Also, along those lines, is about being humble is about having a proper and biblical evaluation of ourselves, okay? So let's also know that sometimes we get a little too pumped up about ourselves, right? Like, ooh, I look good today, you know? <laughs> and that's okay. It's all right to say those things and to compliment yourselves. But sometimes it's a little too much, and we don't want to be overly pumped up. 
okay? We don't want to be so focused on our success, how influential we are, how popular we may be, or that we got it all together. I got this. I'm self-sufficient. I got this. It's actually the complete opposite. In need of a savior every second of the day. So um, we have a special needs friend here in our church. His name is Caleb. And Caleb has autism, and he does not speak verbally with his mouth, okay? But he speaks with his hands. So, for example, if he wants something or he wants to go somewhere, he'll come. He'll take me by the hand, and he'll take me there, right? Or if he wants to play with something, he'll take my hand, and he'll show me what he wants. And he also speaks with his heart and his facial expressions. So if he's not impressed by anything, <laughs> he doesn't hide it, right? He's like, <laughs> he give, give a face like that. But also, when he's happy and excited about something, right, he shows it. He smiles so big with his gleaming teeth showing, right? And he jumps up and down out of glee, out of excitement. So one time, um, you know, his, he has a sister named Anastasia, whom we're going to see in a little bit. <laughs> and one time, Anastasia was going through a hard time. And as she was going through a hard time, the whole family was trying to surround her and support her and guide her. And as they were trying to do so, Caleb comes up to her. And he just quietly puts his hands on her and he prays for her. No one expected it, okay? He knew with a humble heart who he is, who his sister is, who his family is, and he knows who God is. And he knew that they needed God's power. He knew that Anastasia needed more of Jesus. He wasn't showy about it. He didn't say, move aside, <laughs> let me get in there. No. Very quietly, very humbly, just walked over to Anastasia and prayed for her. That's kingdom greatness. And Caleb's family, Caleb's family moved aside for him. They saw Caleb as essential not as a lowly second-class person just because he had autism. Caleb's family teaches us how to welcome the greatest. I love being in relationship with the Dalodados. You guys have taught me so much, and you still do to this very day. I thank you. I thank you. You all got to get to know him. That's all I got to say. In verse 5, Jesus says, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So not all of us want to be around children all the time. Okay, if you're a parent, you need a break, right? It's okay. It happens. If you're not a parent, kids can be... A little annoying, right? Or sometimes we feel insecure around children because we can't always predict their responses. We don't know how honest they're going to be in their responses to us sometimes, right? And even here, it's about having that proper and biblical evaluation of yourself. Not too lowly that you don't deserve something and not too highly that you demand something from them too because so there are times when we say hi to a kid right or maybe we don't say hi but maybe we try so there are times when I say hi to a kid right and they don't quite respond <laughs> right and so first of all I'm embarrassed because it's like doo -doo -doo -doo, talking to myself right <laughs> so nobody likes to be embarrassed right and that's fine but and sometimes we're just like not sure how they're going to respond to us. So we don't want to deal with that. So we just don't bother to greet the child, 
right? But here is where I'm reminded that, you know what? I, I, I deserve a response. I want a response. I want that child, first of all, also to see that that child matters and I see you. So I'm going to say hi. And you know what? I matter too, so I want a response back. So have a proper and biblical evaluation of yourself and the child. Because there's care and there's relationship there with humility. So, you know, and a lot of times, to be honest, what do kids have in their ears like all the time now? Huh? Yeah, the AirPods, right? Like the earbuds, right? So a lot of the times they might not even hear us because they've got something in their ears and listening to something. Okay, so it's okay, right? Still go over and say hello. See them as God sees them and let them see you as God sees you. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So this requires a shifting of our minds, right? Because Jesus calls us to change. He specifically says that word, change. Because in verse 3, he says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And don't we all want to go to heaven? Yes. It requires some change in us. But it's not a change that's like far out there. We can do it. Just be like a little child. Go to him. Seek him. Know that he is God and we are not. To our single sisters and brothers, you know, you have an advantage with kids. You really do because you're not their parents. <laughs> Just out of not being their parents, you have a great advantage with them. I, can you please be a village for the children? We all need to be there for each other and for each other's kids. You know, and like I said, they hear from us as parents all the time. Blah, 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 blah. It becomes like in Charlie Brown, that teacher, wah, 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 you know. But from you guys, because you don't have an obligation to them, when you reach out to them, it's like, ooh, who is this person, right? And granted, initially, again, they may not respond to you, especially if they're a teen, <laughs> because they're going to be like, who are you, right? But I guarantee you they're going to feel something like, oh, later on, that person reached out to me, and I don't even know that person. What was that all about? So don't give up. Continue to say hi to the child, okay? And please do also watch what you say and how you look at the kids. You know, to be honest, you know, like I have teen kids too, right? And I know a lot of girls like to wear the crop tops, all that stuff. It drives me crazy. But it's a style, right? And as a parent, like I get protective over the kids, right? I'm like, shoot, man, I don't want some guy looking at her or some girl looking at her, like whatever, right? Like with creepy eyes, right? But the fact of the matter is they wear it. Okay, it's, it's the fashion, right? So when you see kids like come into church and they're not dressed or they don't look the way you feel like they should be at that age, please try to refrain from looking at them with judging eyes because they feel it. And then they don't want to interact with you, okay? So let's check, keep ourselves in check too. And let's also, that's where we need Jesus. Oh, Jesus, let me catch myself. Let me see that child the way you see him, the way you see her. Okay, and I want to embrace that child too. So our single sisters and brothers, please continue to greet them, okay? And you know what? When you see a child, and a lot of kids sometimes, you'll see them walking around like this. Like in their own worlds, right? With stuff in their ears. And let me tell you, man, sometimes the things that they're listening to is so not good. And maybe you could be that break in the midst of them listening to some toxic song or something, right? And they'll like look up and they actually have an interaction, right? And you can speak some truth to them. And to them too, you can say, hey, like how was your game today? Did it go well? Good job. Good job, Matthew. Or when you see a child that looks sad, can you reach out to that child and tell that child too? And show that child that that child is great because that child probably feels like a loser. They probably feel unloved somehow. But you can make that difference and say to that child, I see you. 
You're, you are great. You are great. And that could be a huge ministry moment. You can be a pastor. You are a minister. God calls us to be a minister. But that's, we got to really depend on Jesus to do that. Because we have our own insecurities too. But Jesus will take you to the proper place to know yourself, to know him, and to know that child. So I also want to challenge us all to be a village for our special needs friends. Okay? So some of our special needs friends, when you say hi to them, they may not respond back. Right? Because depending on what disability they have, their social cues may not be there. So they may not know that, oh, when someone says hi to me, I'm supposed to look at that person and say hi back. That piece is missing, right, because of their disability. So please just, it's probably better just to assume that that's going to be part of their disability. And just in confidence, in God's greatness and love, just say hi to them anyway, right? Because if you don't, they feel that they're being ignored. They feel like they're not being welcomed because there's no greeting. Who likes to go to a place where they're not greeted? And if church isn't the place where a child will be greeted, where else can we expect to be greeted? Can we be the church and greet our special needs friends? No matter how little they are, no matter how big they are, let's greet them. Say hello at the very, very least, that's the minimum that we really should be doing, right? And, you know, if you could do a hey, high five, and I know with COVID times, maybe not high five, but elbow pump, right? Or fist pump. Please say hi and greet them, but also greet their families. Their families need just as much encouragement as anybody else. Say hello to the families. Ask them how they're doing. And not just those Hey, how are you? And just like kind of walk by, you know. Let's take time to invest in each other. How are you doing today? And don't think that you have to be their savior. No, okay. Just pray for them. Leave them in the Father's hands, okay. doesn't have to be a big deal, a big production, but do greet them. The third point is that Jesus gives to those who mistreat his, he gives them a warning for people who mistreat his children, right? And man, Jesus does not play. <laughs> he is radical and drastic. He tells us to take it seriously in verses 6 to 9, right? In verses 6 to 9, he says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come. But woe to the person through whom they come. Do you really want to be that person? No. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled and to than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. So you know what? Cut off bullying. Stand up for the child with special needs or not or without special needs. Stand up for the child. Stand up for them, okay? Cut off shaming. Encourage them instead. When a child feels like they can't do something, you tell them, no, it's okay. You can do it. You can do it. Let me walk with you. Let me help you. You can do it. Cut off shunning and outcasting. Yeah. Include them by even greeting them. Cut these off and throw them away. Every one person can make a difference. Every one interaction can make a difference. But we all have to start somewhere. Better to enter life maimed or crippled, Jesus says, than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. Yes, eternal fire. I know we kind of joke around about hell and Halloween's going to be coming up and people wear double costumes. People take it very lightly. It's funny. I get it. But seriously, do you really want to be in hell? Oh, no. 
oh no. I mean, granted, it's all about Jesus' salvation, right? So again, fully depends on Jesus. Know Jesus and make sure that we cut these things out. We can do it. You know, maybe our friends with disabilities are actually more courageous than us because they may be physically and mentally maimed, but they are spiritually free and rich. Our great God wants us to live in greatness too. So let's be humble before God. Let's be humble before his people. And let's be dependent fully on Jesus because we need him. So there's a mom with a son with Down syndrome. And she put up a post of how including him benefits everyone in the classroom. It's all about inclusion, right? So on his first day of kindergarten, the mom was super nervous for him. Right? And she was nervous for herself too. She wasn't sure how the kids were going to react to him, if how they were going to be accepted. So she educated the kids. She walked in there. She educated the kids about Down syndrome. Right? And she told them that they're more alike than different. And you know what happened? These little kindergartners, they welcomed this child with kindness, empathy, and understanding. Sounds a lot like Jesus, right? These little kids showed that. So what they did was when he was walking slowly, they slowed down and they walked with him. When when they would talk to him, they didn't talk to him any differently than they talked to anybody else. That was a way of them including him. Even if he didn't respond the same way as everybody else, they talked to him like everybody else and included him. There's a quote that she says, a truly inclusive world in the future begins with more inclusive experiences now. Inclusion creates a ripple effect that benefits not only the person being included, but also shapes the perceptions of their peers now and in the future, which can change cultural perceptions. When we start viewing differences as unique gifts, a truly inclusive world is possible. This son of hers is a perfect picture of being great like a little child in Jesus' eyes. This lowly, but this lowly child embodied Jesus' greatness in bringing out kindness, empathy, and understanding in others around him. Those kindergartners are forever changed because of him. He helped change the culture. He was humble. He was dependent. And woe to anyone who would get in the way of being who he is, just the way God made him. Not as a mistake, but just great. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Let's honor God and his children especially his children with special needs and their families. And let's be great together in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So we do have a family that's joining us today. As I mentioned, Caleb before and the Daludados, um, they're going to come up here and they're going to share a little bit something with us. Can we give them a big round of applause? All right. So um, these, this is the Daladado family, and uh, we're going to ask each of them a question. And so as they uh, answer their questions, you know, if you could just introduce yourself with your name and whatever to everybody at the congregation, that would be great. So thanks for coming up here. Okay. So first, how did you come to Metro? Hi, my name is Matthias, and um, I'm the older brother of Caleb. <laughs> and... Um, so back in kindergarten, I used to have a friend. His name was Isaiah, and we'd talk and play with each other and eat with each other. And one of the days he was eating snack, I saw him praying, and I asked if we could pray together. And that day, I went home and told everybody. I was like, 
I prayed with Isaiah today, and I was just really excited and really pumped. And as we grew closer together, um, I later on asked his mom like what church they went to, and she said Metro. And then that Sunday, the fr that was the first time we went to Metro. Mm. Thanks, Matthias. So glad you guys came. Isn't he so handsome? <laughs> okay. How were things during the pandemic for your family? Uh, good morning, Metro. My name's Eric. I'm the father of Caleb. Um, it definitely, thank you, thank you. Um, it definitely posed a significant amount of challenges uh, during the pandemic. Uh, it was our first pandemic, I'm pretty sure, for many of you. So it's a unique situation, uh, one which uh, it's very hard to cope with. Um, what we did uh, is we took Caleb on a lot of walks. He likes nature. He likes uh, going out, stretching his legs. So uh, we went on a lot of uh, nature walks and uh, enjoyed that. And it was definitely um, um, much cheaper as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any challenges that you want to share um, for your family from the, because of the pandemic, particularly for Caleb? Um, I think because he loves being outside, being inside was very hard for him, like sensory-wise. So we really had to find ways for him to get all the energy out. And I think being able to come together, like learning how to ride a bike, um, planting a garden, and um, having a trampoline, these were things that kind of helped us cope. But it was definitely a challenge just being um, breaking his routine because a lot of kids who are in the autism spectrum they thrive on routine and for that to be broken it was really hard for him so it was quite an adjustment yeah, yeah. I mean the the virtual learning was so hard for all of the kids as it is and for a child with special needs how much harder is that yes it, it was hard you know they offered to do um, speech therapy online and for Caleb you know an iPad is basically for him to watch baking videos so as they were like showing him letters say hey he was like watching how to bake cupcakes <laughs> so you know it wasn't a lot of help but we we're so blessed to have like family um, my in-laws my my mom who just kind of come together and are like they're his speech therapists and OT and physical therapists those are the ones who kind of just um, stood in the gap and you know, made it happen for him during that hard time. Mm. And you know, did you feel even more confined because Caleb, he struggled to keep the mask on all the time? Did you feel more confined to go out anywhere with him because of that? I think one of the things that we, I know this is God's hand because sensory-wise, he doesn't even like to keep a hat on, let alone a mask. But I think seeing us kind of model it for him and going through that difficult, um, restrictive, restriction of having something on your face kind of really modeled it for him and he found like how to take out the metal piece on the nose <laughs> so he's like I'll I'll keep it on as long as he let me take off that bridge <laughs> so you know it's a compromise but yeah that was it ha we had to teach him to get used to it now he's I think he pretty much is okay with a mask on mm. which is a good thing yes yes and as a church we could even help with that you know like if we could like he she Amy was just saying that she, they model it for Caleb. So we can also model things like that for our special needs friends so that to encourage them to keep their masks on too. So we can play a part with that too. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Eric. Um, how has your family experienced more of Jesus through Caleb? What sort of greatness do you see in Caleb that you wish that all of us could see? Can you introduce yourself? Um, my name is Anastasia. I'm the older sister of Caleb. Uh, I think I would say probably that every time like we're happy or sad, like it reflects on him and he knows like what's going on. Mm. Um, every time like we have a fire or something, we could tell like he's gonna have a tantrum next or something's gonna happen. I think Caleb, he knows that um, God does love him and he's loved because we show him that he is loved. Mm. You know, I appreciate these kids because sometimes they don't get an opportunity to share their heart. Um, they take on a lot of responsibility in the home. Mm -hmm. So when we say responsibility, we're like, we're going to be late at work. Watch your brother. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't run outside, which he does. He'll, he'll lope, go outside. Um, 
And I think it's neat for them to share their heart when they say, when Caleb smiles, it comes from the heart. Mm. When he giggles, it's like childlike. And that's why everyone also giggles because there's really no faking it. Mm. Like you mentioned before, when he's angry, you'll know it too. But it's neat that it, it reflects his heart. And I think we've definitely experienced Jesus' sovereignty. Like in Psalm, it says, um, children are a gift from God. And it's not just neurotypical kids. It's not just healthy kids, but children with autism, children with Down syndrome. And I think we get to parent Caleb. That's the gift. Mm. We get to have the privilege to lean on Jesus every time when God says, you know, come to me who are weary and heavy laden. Um, and I'll give you rest. And that's a privilege for us to feel the kind of rest that's so satisfying because it is hard. Um, I know there's a lot of special needs families here and it can be so burdensome and it's neat to have a community to be like, let me carry the burden with you. Mm. And we get to experience that vulnerability and to open our hearts and my um, family to that help. It's so humbling. And I think that's really like the kingdom of God to like be vulnerable and say, okay, we all have needs. I'll be okay to accept that blessing today, um, which is hard sometimes because we, we feel resistant to because we don't want to bother anyone. But we've come to really to a place of being humble and say this is an opportunity where we can be more like Jesus to each other. Mm. Yeah. Wow, thank you, Amy. Oh, did you introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know, I'm, uh, I'm Caleb's mom. I'm Amy. <laughs> so, Amy, along those lines, can you share with us, as you kind of shared already, but is there anything else that we as your church can do to support you, to support Caleb, to support your family? What can we as a church do? Yeah, I think Anastasia also wanted to share one thing. I remember mm -hmm. she, right, you wanted to say uh. I think like not much kids know what it is because I know I have to explain it. Um, for my little cousins, they're young age where they don't know that Caleb like he can't really like have eye contact with them when they say hi to him or when he like jumps around, they don't really know what that is. So I have to kind of explain it and I think it would be like a big help if um, people would explain it to their kids so they know that like, oh, he's not like doing that. He's just being happy. Nice. That's great. Thank you, Anastasia. Let's talk to our own kids, whether they're your own biological kids or not. Let's talk to other kids in our church, too, to educate them and let them know, too. Thank you, Anastasia. Was there anything else you wanted to add, Amy? Um, no, I think that was, that's great. And also to lean on the awkwardness of being in the circle of a special needs family. It is awkward, I think, for a lot of people. Like, they sometimes kind of, you know, curtsy around, like, the community. But to just lean on the awkwardness, it's going to be uncomfortable at first. But I think just building a relationship with other special needs family and to know that, okay, this is awkward, it is uncomfortable. But eventually, now I know that when Caleb screams, it's not really being, um, you know, uh, disrespectful or being um, annoying. It's just that he's happy. And I think it's in those relationships, like those, those nuances, you'll get to understand like, oh, that's just Caleb. And hopefully, you know, we can all learn to adjust, just like how there's annoying um, tendencies, Caleb does have those too. But we, you won't know it, I think, until you're in that com community and then that circle. And it's okay. It's okay. We can be uncomfortable together until it passes. Yes, yeah. that's right. Thank you, Amy. You know, I don't know if those of you who watched the service uh, last Sunday, but, you know, Pastor Peter was up here preaching, and one of our special needs friends um, came up on stage, right, And because he, he was so excited, right? He's like, oh, what's going on here? And he was excited, and he came up on stage. And Pastor Peter wasn't like, oh, my gosh, someone get this kid off stage. I'm trying to preach here. No, no. He greeted the child, and he displayed for us how welcoming a child is, right? Greet the child, and he even encouraged the child to say hi to everybody, right? Engaging the child with the rest of the church, right? We can do that. We can do that as a church. We can engage with the child instead of being like, oh, shoot, that child shouldn't be doing that. Or, oh, shoot, that child, oh, no, no, you know, no. Like, maybe Noah came up here because he, he, he felt more of the presence of God up here. 
Maybe that's why he came up here. Let's not get in the way of that. Woe to us if we do, right? And maybe the child is coming up here because they're so excited to worship God. Woe to us for like crushing that excited spirit for him to worship. We don't know what's going on in their minds. We don't know what's going on in their spirits. Can we be more open, humble, dependent on Jesus to fully love and see the greatness of God in that child? We can do that, church. We can do that. Let's, let's pray for the Dalodado family. If you can put your hands out towards them, if you're comfortable, that would be great. And we're going to pray for this beautiful family. God, we thank you so much for your greatness in the Dalodado family, in Caleb, in Eric, Anastasia, Amy, and Matthias. We thank you for the courage that they had to come up here on stage today to share their heart and just to be themselves, God, because we are a church. We are a church family. Thank you for opening up our eyes and our hearts. And God, we do pray for your special care for this family. You will continue to empower them in your loving truth over them. That God, no matter what things around them may try to bring them down as a family, that God, you are for them. And when you are for them, who can be against them? And that they will continue to rise up in your greatness, especially in Caleb. What a gift of life. So we thank you, God, and pray that you would also be their main support through all the hard times so that we as your church would also step up to be support for them and their family and all our special needs families as well. We thank you, God, for this beautiful family. Thank you, and we lift them up to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, Eric wants to say one more thing. Um, I promised my family I wasn't going to embarrass them, uh, but I just want to say, off topic, tomorrow's my wife's birthday, September 27th. Ah! Monday. So please wish her an early happy birthday. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Anastasia. You did great. <laughs> Make sure you wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> okay, so thank you again, Daladado family. Um, we're going to go through some next steps. So if you have your comm cards, um, either on the app, let's go to our next steps here. First, I recognize my need for Jesus in my life and want to start a personal relationship with him today. If you don't know Jesus, I really hope that you don't put it off any longer and just make that commitment. You're not going to regret it. I really guarantee you, you're not going to regret it. You know you're not alone. Jesus sees you as great. Let him speak to you. Be in that relationship with him. Two, I will sign up to hang out with our special needs friends or to be a potential buddy for a child or adult in our special needs ministry. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we had a number of buddies that had to move away, and so they're no longer part of our church. So we need some buddies for our special needs friends. And like I said, you know, they are, some of them are adults. So we have Zach, who is 21 years old, and he is so handsome, very athletic, very happy. And all he wants is a friend, right? So if you're open to just coming out, you won't be alone. We're going to train you. You know, we're going to have, the more people we have around him, the better, right? And so you won't be alone. So if you're interested in being a buddy for him, we also have another child who's 16, Allie, right? And we also need buddies for her too. So we would like to have at least two buddies per child, right? So if you're interested in being a buddy, just come. Check us out, observe, you know, and if you say, if you realize, oh, this is not for me, but I'll support in another way, that's fine. But, you know, just come, come and observe and check us out and you can sign up for that and I will get back to you. Three, I will welcome children to draw closer to Jesus by greeting them and praying for them. You know, right there and then, great, doesn't have to be big and fancy, but at least behind closed doors, you know, when you're driving home from church or when you're at home and a child comes to mind, please pay attention to that. Maybe God's impressing someone on your heart for a reason. And please pray for them, but definitely greet them. Don't ignore these children. Let's not disregard them. 
God's woe to us if we do that. It's better for us to tie a millstone around our neck that's like 1,000 to 3,000 pounds and be thrown into the lake. Let's not do that. I will sign up to volunteer or decorate a trunk or donate candy at the Trunk or Treat at the Open Store on Sunday, October 31st. This is also a great way to get involved with our community. Um, you know, Deborah Moore and Janet Kwan will have more information on the Open Store. But also there's going to be kids from the community coming, right? Because it's going to be Halloween Sunday. So this is a great way for us to be able to see the greatness of God in these children and serve these kids. So if you could uh, volunteer in that way, please sign up. And last, I will sign up and register for the Women's Ministry Fall Launch Luncheon on Sunday, October 3rd. Women, we're going to get together. We're going to meet each other. We're going to see each other, see God's greatness in each other too. Because as women, there's a lot of things that try to oppress us. A lot of things that try to oppress the greatness in us. So let's not let that happen. Let's come together meet each other. We're going to hear a great word from a sister of ours. We're going to share some news of what we're going to do as a women's ministry for the coming year. So please come out, have lunch, free lunch. Can't uh, turn that down, right? So please sign up for that.